When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Ryan Talbot, there is a saying in basketball when you start draining your shots and, you know, say you're making it rain out on the, on the basketball court. Now, we were on the football field today, but Josh Allen opens things up 15 straight complete completions. And I, I kind of turned, I think it was the Sal Capaccio, and I said, man, he's like, he's making it rain out here, man. He just, he cannot miss. I mean, he's making, and then all of a sudden, ironically enough, a downpour happens at that very moment it was just one of those weird moments where i was like dang i just i literally just said that so i had to include it in my lead this is the shop buffalo bills football podcast observations are up at the website syracuse.com newyorkupstate.com we're going to get into everything that happened out at practice today smash that like button hit that subscribe button as well if you're watching on youtube amy says what's going on i just got the notification we just went live this moment so you didn't miss a single thing how are you ryan talbot Hey, I'm doing great. It sounds like it was a great practice out there today, especially for one Josh Allen. I liked one of the uh, uh, analogies that you had in your article about comparing it to basketball. And it reminds me, we just ended up getting an NBA jam for our old Sega Genesis. And, you know, when, when they make all those shots, you're on fire. Josh Allen sounds like he was on fire today. He was uh, on fire. And we we're going to get into plenty of Josh Allen's day and the receivers that helped him get there and what it meant for the defense and how they responded to it and reacted. Uh, it was a fun up-tempo practice and we'll get into that in a moment, but spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with tops pickup and delivery shop for your groceries online, choose pickup or delivery tops will bring you the groceries right to you. Visit topsmarkets.com to get started. All right, let's get started here. Ryan tail, but Josh Allen, it's crazy because the start of practice was really heavy run uh, oriented. The first portion, uh, they usually do like 12 periods. The first uh, team period was uh, mostly runs. And actually, Devin Singletary, I'll give him a quick shout out. He had a phenomenal run. He, he busted, a, a, I would say, maybe probably a 30, 40 yard run hmm. right between Deion Dawkins and we're going to get to him as well, too. We got to talk about Deion Dawkins in a minute here um ryan bates and so he 
both of those guys had a great uh, block up, up, up in the center there. He got, he got through the line and man, Singletary has looked great the last week or so. So that's a good sign. We'll we can get into more of that in a minute, but then it was once they got to the next 11 on 11 period, Josh Allen opened it up and it was a lot of short stuff uh, to begin with, you know, Devin Singletary completion to him and I'll actually get the notebook out so I can kind of go play by play. Allen to Singletary, Allen to Beasley, Allen to Beasley again, two in a row. And that's what really started the momentum going. Um, he hits Emmanuel Sanders. So he's moving the ball around. Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, both involved right off the jump. Then Al Jacob Hollister is in for a play. He gets a nice look from Josh Allen. Connect there. And, and now we're talking about five for five. And this is when you could tell the defense was starting to get a little bit um, feeling a certain type of way. He, he had a nice... Um, Completion to Isaiah McKenzie uh, and Micah Hyde popped him pretty good from behind. I think that was some some frustration showing, uh, but that was the first six man series and then six play series. Then Josh Allen took it to another level. He hits Emmanuel Sanders. He kind of tried to fit a ball in, and Turin Johnson kind of popped it up in the air, and Emmanuel Sanders was like getting ready for it. And once it popped up in the air, he kind of like had to recover his balance. He did. He made the catches. He was falling to the ground. Kept it, kept it going, and then we're kind of looking around. I'm like, okay, this is like six, five, six in a row. He hits Sanders again on the next play, then Beasley, then Beasley again. Then, I mean, the defense is probably looking around <laughs> saying, what's going on at this point? Mario Addison goes off sides for a play. Uh, I think it was Deion Dawkins who kind of tapped him on the helmet. Like, it's okay, buddy. We all, we all make mistakes. Um, and then Allen, just with one of his throws of the day, uh, I think he was between two defenders. Emmanuel Sanders was kind of running like almost like uh, down the middle of the field. And Allen just zoomed one in there where only he can get the ball. It was a gorgeous throw. It was a great route. Uh, the, the, the momentum keeps going. Uh, the next play, Allen keeper for maybe five yards. And that sets up a Gabriel Davis touchdown pass. Man, oh, man. It was Gabriel Davis who got open in the back of the end zone. We've seen it. A bunch of times in camp already he he zoomed one in there for him levi wallace really had no chance uh at that point he was 12 12 he then had a, a a completion to gabriel davis two more to beasley and then the incompletion was before at the line of scrimmage i think sal capaccio noted it he kind of gave like a hand motion to sanders sent him on a goal route and he just it, they just couldn't connect it was a deep ball they were just it was one of those like all right Key check moment. Like, how hot <laughs> I, are we here? Let's see if we can keep going. It was really an unbelievable display. You know, that's great for this offense, especially when you consider that Stefan Diggs was not, was not out there today, again, dealing with that knee injury. You look at this defense, which you think is going to take a step forward this year, and Josh Allen is just able to spread the ball around on them with Beasley, with Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, who we've sung praises for this camp, having a strong second year building off of that rookie year where he had seven touchdown passes. This is why I think the Bills wanted to get Allen signed long-term sooner rather than later. They knew the work that he's put in every offseason since he be he's become a Buffalo Bill. They saw what they saw in the spring and what they saw early in camp and the fact that you know this was not a one-year fluke by any stretch of the imagination. This guy is the real deal. He is the franchise quarterback, the face of the franchise they've been looking for for a long, long time here in Buffalo. And these practices just kind of build on that. 
And it's why I think Bills fans should feel really good about this offense coming into 2021. And now that there were any uh, any fans that necessarily were thinking this was going to be a dip in production for that side of the ball, but there's just so many weapons, Matt, that uh, e- even like a guy like Jake Kumaro, the number six wide receiver that in our opinions, if he ever has to get called in, I think that he can fit right into a role here as well. So this team is locked and loaded and looks like they're ready to go for week one. And I mean, like I mentioned, there was some frustration on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think that you have to put it in context, though, at the same time, which we've tried to do throughout these practice discussions is that, you know, they can't really hit. I mean, it, it was kind of a thought up. We saw a couple hits today that I thought this was probably the most physical practice from that perspective. But I think part of that probably was just the defense getting a little frustrated. Can't hit the quarterback. You got to remember that. So that sometimes there might be a play that would happen a little bit differently depending on what the players could do. Um, but it, it's just good to see that from an offense perspective with Josh Allen probably not playing this weekend, and, and who knows if he's going to play this preseason at all. I'd probably, you know, uh, I'd probably pick to sit him at this point just because of how good he's looked in practice. And we heard Leslie talk about Star Latulale, and they kind of had the same thought with him. But – I think it's good that they got things going at this stage. I don't think it's that much of a concern for the defense just because, you know, they are going up against one of the, the best passing offenses in the NFL. And I think most days they're going to be tested in a lot of ways. I think they've had some good days against Josh Allen in this, in this offense. And there's going to be days like this where, like you mentioned, now part of what's more, maybe so impressive about this and maybe so exciting if you're a Bills fan is this was without Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's still out with a knee injury. So a lot of Emmanuel Sanders, a lot of focus on Cole Beasley. And the, the, the thing about Beasley, too, that I think maybe we haven't talked enough about, you know, this is the third year now with Brian Dable and Josh Allen. We could be looking at a slight jump in production for Beasley if he could stay healthy because of the continuity, because of just that chemistry and really understanding what Josh wants him to do. I mean, just think of how many reps they've gotten in since the end of last season, they look, I'm telling you right now, Ryan, it's, it's, it's rinse, repeat every day. It's like you're putting on the same VHS tape with Cole Beasley. It's I, I wrote about, it. he's been probably the most consistent player on either side of the ball. I, I don't think that that's too going too far. I think he's been the most consistent player every single day in terms of what he's been able to do. And none of it's been super flashy. You haven't seen, you know, super big sections on him in any of my observation stories, but that's because it's just what we've come to expect. And he's continuing to deliver that day in and day out in practice. Yeah, he, you know, it's just kind of unreal. And I see in the comments here, if our run game gets to the mid-tier, we have the number one scoring offense. They might have the number one scoring offense, even if the running game doesn't become mid-tier. That's just how good this passing attack is, and specifically with Cole Beasley. You know, th- there's a reason why Peter King gave him an all-pro vote last year. He was the best slot receiver in the game, and there's no signs of him slowing down. Uh, entering year three together, they're on the same page. They kind of already know... Uh, he knows where to be if Josh Allen's scrambling. He knows what to do. He knows how to get open one of the best route runners in this game. So in terms of the passing attack, it's great for Josh to have that safety valve where a lot of opposing teams, it might be the tight end position. There's no doubt in my mind that Cole Beasley is Josh Allen's safety valve. Uh, in terms of the comment here in, in the chat, you know, we saw Devin Singletary in that game against the Lions look really good. He had a good practice today, as Matt noted, breaking off a long run. He really worked this offseason to work on adding uh, muscle to his frame, work on his explosiveness. So far, so good. 
If you get Singletary back in the mix, looking like he did as a rookie, if you get Zach Moss healthy, which all signs are pointing to that, uh, that's a, a solid one-two punch at running back. Is it going to be among the, the best running games in the league? No, obviously not. This is the pass-first offense. But I think that the Bills can be right up there, if not the number one scoring offense, like you noted here in the comments, uh, if, if that running game just does a little bit more this year. Let's transition quickly to Deion Dawkins because obviously this was a big, big day for him. Uh, we wrote about him up at the site. Um, really transparent, really, um, you know, helpful, I think, to society more so than just, you know, you know, the football community or anything like that. I mean, we, we all probably know a bunch of people that have been impacted by COVID and, you know, for Dion to kind of detail his battle with COVID today, you know, I, I wrote about it at the site and I think most of the people on the beat wrote about it and you're seeing the, the, the reactions to it across the country. I mean, he had a real battle with it four days in the hospital uh, to the point where he says it's the lowest that he's at the lowest point he's ever been in his life. There were points in the hospital where, you know, breathing was an issue and, um, you know, uh, dehydrated and cough, dealing with the cough. You know, he he had those thoughts that I'm sure a lot of people that go through this have. Like, man, am I gonna am I, am I gonna make it here? Um, he was vaccinated. Uh, he uh, he wasn't fully vaccinated. He had had the two shots, but he was still in that two week window to get it. And so, you know, he talked a lot about the conversations he's had with his his teammates since he's been back. Why he decided to get the vaccine uh, for his son who was born prematurely and you know, trying to protect him and, and then, you know, what the conversations have been like. I mean, teammates have been asking him, like, what was it like to go through it and how could this potentially impact the season if uh, somebody gets COVID once the, the games start happening? And, you know, I just thought he was really transparent and really, um, really good. Your thoughts on that before we get to the football side of it. Yeah. You know, first in some capacity, I've been covering this team for, for quite a while now, and this might be the, the best press conference I've ever seen in terms of how out there and open he was about uh, his experience with, with COVID. It, he could have very simply just said, oh, you know, like I hit hard by it. I was away from the team. He could have been vague, I guess mm -hmm. is the best way of putting it, but he wasn't. He shared his entire experience being hospitalized for four days, uh, the exact symptoms that he was dealing with, how he felt from a physical and mental perspective, as, as you said. I think that's good because uh, around not just in the Bills locker room, not just around this league, there's still a lot of dialogue out there in terms of whether or not to get the, the vaccination. Uh, and, and I think that going to looking at a professional athlete like Dan Dawkins and hearing his experience, that can be eye-opening for some people that are on the fence about it. So I, I think first and foremost, just that he was so transparent about his experience, if it even convinces a handful of people to go ahead and, and make their decision, I think that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. We saw a lot of Deion Dawkins today from a football perspective, and he said he joked in the press conference that it's a good thing that he plays for the Bills because Sean McDermott's practices are so tough that it's helping him, you know, get his con conditioning back to where it needs to be. And, you know, he said that there's times where, you know, they're going at practice pace and he's got to stop for a second, ask for a water. Um, he's not in there every play, but um, he was in there quite a bit today, more so than he was than I think anybody even expected. And at times it was really good, Ryan. I mean, this, I think sometimes you can't really like teach being really good at this thing. You know, I mean, it, 
you can do the reps and you can and you can um you know spend all the time on task of trying to get better but there's a little part of it in just the experience level and just being a football player and knowing how to do it and there was one play the Gabriel Davis touchdown pass that Dawkins went one-on-one with Mario Addison, who in his own right has been having a really good camp. He's looked good. He's looked fast. He tried an outside move and Dawkins shuffled his feet so quickly to get into position and completely snuffed out the rush. And so I think from a football perspective, considering what we heard from Sean a couple of days ago to where we are right now with Dion and what I feel like he's been able to do in these, in this short amount of time, that's really good news when we were talking last week about, man, what if he's not able to get back by the first game then you got to potentially go with a Spencer Brown uh at, at that position he's in a really good place and he and he played well today yeah you know in terms of the pressure from the football side of things I think maybe the biggest uh, sigh of relief from the Bills Mafia was when he said he expects to be ready for week one but as you noted he said just after warm-ups and things like that he, he's breathing hard and he wants water and he's still kind of working on getting back into that uh, physical shape. Uh, I have no doubt that he'll be able to do that over these next few weeks. Like you said, Sean McDermott's practices are, are pretty tough. Uh, so it's not just going to be like they're, they're going through the motions there. He's going to have to get himself into that shape. And, and like you said, you know, he, he may not have the build of a prototypical left tackle, but he's, he's played that role very well for the bills and, and he does a great job of it. And there's no doubt that as long as he, he feels he's in that physical shape come week one, that he's going to be able to anchor that side of the offensive line for the Bills, which allows them to continue to develop, to develop Spencer Brown and get him ready to be that swing tackle, maybe see a few reps here and there. But, yeah, that that is big, big news from the football side of things that he feels he'll be good to go week one. So if Deion Dawkins and Josh Allen and, and most of the offense are have that trending upwards ticker, uh, we got to – throw in a little tick down here, maybe the blue uh, trending bar, man, it's been a tough camp at times for the tight ends. I mean, we were a couple weeks removed from Dawson Knox having a really bad drop. Um, Probably one of the worst drops I've ever seen in a practice, but you know, that's in the past. Dawson Knox has been really good since then. So you got to give him that credit today. Jacob Hollister had quite a miss Ryan. I mean, it was, Allen was going, it was the, after the touchdown to Davis, it was the, it was the next uh, period and they had been moving the ball a little bit, had Hollister who ran a nice route to get separation. He was wide open for what would have been a touchdown and it, it just glanced off his hands. And, you know, that's a problem because, <laughs> you know, it, it's a practice and it's one play, but, you know, for a team that has had that kind of looming question mark over its offense and that's the, you know, sure handedness of the tight end position, you need to make those plays. And so I'll be interested to see how he bounces back. If he gets some uh, extended work in the preseason game, but that was a Josh Allen to Jacob Hollister play that could have been one of those that we write about. That's super exciting and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't, it was the opposite of that. And it was a really bad drop. And like you've noted, we saw that from Dawson Knox earlier in camp, a really bad drop. It's definitely something that's a little bit concerning. Now, obviously, they've both made their fair share of catches at camp and in regular season action during their respective careers. But that's the worst fear, I think, for this fan base is come live action. The Bills are driving and there's a big play to be had and someone kind of just drops the ball, so to speak. 
that can kill a drive, just like a penalty can kill a drive. Um, you go back to the AFC Championship game last year, there was a drop, and it wasn't at the tight end position. It was with Devin Singletary. That that killed the drive. So drops are just as bad as penalties at the end of the day when it comes to sustaining drives, and this is something that the Bills have to get out of their system sooner rather than later. Uh, so hopefully it's just a case of something that's going to only be on that practice setting, and come the regular season, they're going to be able to make those plays and contribute because – if it happens in the regular season, the Bills are going to have some questions in terms of if it happens to Dawson Knox, do you up uh, Jacob Hollister's workload? If it happens with Hollister, you know, what, what are you going to do there? This offense does not go through the tight end position like other offenses in this league. So their opportunities are going to be limited as is. But the Bills certainly want to find someone that they can that they feel can be a steady contributor to that position. Mm-hmm. Before we continue, let's shout out Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. I, uh, you know, official sponsor of the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube and in, in uh, or Facebook or wherever you're watching, but especially on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, so you always get the notifications when we go live. Tops Fresh Burger Bar has over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based, and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill. Tops Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. Ryan, uh, it was big smiles for Mr. Ed Oliver today. Uh, one of the real bright spots in that uh, Josh Allen streak. Uh, he, he gets through the line and, and gets his first sack, I think, of training camp, uh, if I'm correct there. Um, and I see a lot of times – People in the comments asking, where's that Oliver? Where is he making play? A lot of times these guys, I mean, it's not that they're not making plays or I, sometimes I feel like there's not plays to be made. You know, a lot of times they go half speed or um, in these teams. Today was, it was really wide open. They were letting them go up and down the field a little bit, which isn't always like that in, in the practice setting. So today you saw an elevated level of intensity and I thought, yeah, let's talk about Ed Oliver who, you know, I think his battle one-on-one was with Ryan Bates. He, I, 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 I put it in the tweet that he kind of put him on skates a little bit. Great quick move with his get off off the line of scrimmage. Blew by him, pushed him back, was in, and he was on Josh Allen in an instant. And I think that Jerry Hughes had beaten, I believe, Spencer Brown. Let me see if I can find that in my handy dandy notebook. Uh, no, he beat Jerry Hughes beat uh, Daryl Williams, and he was close in on that as well. But Ed Oliver had a really good game, I thought, the other night. He, I thought he got some good push. And I think that he's he's really comfortable. He's really confident. He's loved being back next to Star, Latulale. This could be, you know, all eyes on Ed Oliver here in the next couple of days. Yeah, the athleticism has never been a question for Ed Oliver. It's just been about, uh, you know, whether or not someone who typically is undersized for the position can be a constant pass rush threat. And that's what the Bills thought they were getting in him when they took him in the top 10 a few years back. So now with this pass rush arsenal around Oliver being probably the strongest it's been since he's been with the Buffalo Bills, He's going to have more opportunities to make plays for this defense and this defensive line. Like you said, on the play that he gets that sack, Jerry Hughes is applying pressure. And, and that's how it can happen. If one other guy is, is getting that pressure, it could make life easier for Oliver to get some pressure as well. Or the quarterback might drift in his position, might step up in the pocket. It's up to Oliver to finish those plays this year. And I think with the athleticism that he has, that first step, the arsenal that he has in terms of his pass rush, this this could end up being the biggest year of Oliver's career to date. Let's stay on the defensive side. And I actually didn't include this in my um, observations. I was going kind of fast because I was writing up that um, 
Deion Dawkins piece, but this is a couple of things that I wanted to get in here. Well, let's stay on the defensive side of the ball. Not a lot of run plays once they got out of that run portion, but one of them in particular that stood out in terms of a defensive play, and I'm trying to track it down in my notes, see if I had anything extra about it. Um, doo, 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 doo. Just stay with me here for a second. <laughs> well, while you're looking that up, I did see a comment in here. Someone said, I want to see more Reggie Gilliam at tight end. If you actually watched that video that the Bills shared a few days ago, it looked like he was kind of running around at that position. Uh, it was on uh, a, I believe it was an interception was the result of playing the other side of the field, but the video showed Gilliam kind of running out there and with Sweeney injured right now, you know, he, he is that hybrid player. So whoever said they want to see more out of Gilliam this upcoming preseason game, you might end up seeing that just because of, of what we see in the video, just the, the fact that there's some injuries there. Uh, Gilliam does bring that versatility to this offense. Matt, did you find those notes? I did. It was Mitch, right. Mitchell Trubisky had two completions, one to Zach Moss, then to Isaiah McKenzie. On the third play, they tried to switch it up, and they handed it off to Zach Moss, and downhill came A.J. Klein and Tyrell Dotson, absolutely blowing up the front. I believe the three guys involved that were trying to put hits on those guys were Jamil Douglas, uh, Jordan Devy, and Ryan Bates, and not one of them could slow down those two guys. I mean, it was really just one of those – Plus impressive plays where they just completely blew things up. I got. I, I might add that observation if I have time uh, because it, it was worth giving those guys some credit. You know, Tyrell Dotson's in the thick of a battle right now. I think he's right up against potentially Andre Smith. If they can only keep a certain number of linebackers, it's going to come down to probably Dotson, Adams, and Smith for one or two spots, right? Because you figure you got – Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, A.J. Klein I would put in there as locks. I, I think Klein, they saw enough from him last year. I think he's still on a contract, and they like what he brings in the room. He's a Sean McDermott guy. By the way, Luke Keekley, Sean McDermott guys, was out of practice again today, just if, in case you're keeping score at home. We're going to hope to get some more information about that. I'd like to write about what, what Luke Keekley's been doing here at practice. We'll see if we can you know, track somebody down. We haven't heard from Sean again. I don't know if we'll hear from him on Thursday. But if we do, that would be fun to hear uh, what Luke has been doing here. He was a pro scout with Carolina last year. I think I heard somebody say that he is no longer in that role, which makes sense because I think that, the, okay, he is no longer in that role because if he, if he was, I don't know if he'd be able to be out <laughs> of Buffalo Bills practice. But um, so, you know, it's, it's cool to see him around, see him every day, just talking with uh, um, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Obviously, both of those guys are Boston College guys, so – Cool little sidetrack uh, storyline throughout camp. But in terms of linebackers, you've got those three guys at the top, and then it's Tyler Matikevich, who is also going to, in my opinion, a lock. So you've got four locks right there, and then you got to make a decision if you're the Bills. Do, can we keep six linebackers? Do we have to trim it down to five? Right now I'd probably say Andre Smith has is probably in the driver's seat. But you know Tyrell Dotson has been in the system. You know he can play special teams. Tyrell Adams can play special teams as well, and he's done it at a high level in this league. So this is this is what preseason training camp football is all about. This is a premier training camp battle, position battle. I think that's it's almost elevated to the top one considering how good Levi Wallace has been. Yeah, absolutely. And Lone Wolf in the comments, uh, I will have a 53-man roster projection tomorrow morning, first thing. So, yes, we are putting one out. Matt will have one after this upcoming preseason game. 
Uh, I, I think the linebacker position is intriguing. Uh, I agree with you on those top four locks, including Tyler Medikevich. Uh, I think Andre Smith is approaching. I'm, I'm not saying he's a lock yet, but he's approaching that status. He brings that special teams ability to the unit. That's very important to this team. And he was outstanding against Detroit all over the field, sideline to sideline. So he even brings something to that position. Uh, Dodson right now, he's obviously in the mix for that sixth spot. I thought Joe Giles Harris had a really good preseason game against Detroit. I think he's going to have to really finish strong to claim one of those roster spots, but it, the back end of that position is really intriguing to me. How many they carry is intriguing to me because like, you know, as Bills fans know, there's generally only two linebackers on the field in this defense, depending on who they play. Obviously they're going to want some more four, three looks depending on the opponent. If it's a, a team that, uh, gives certain looks more than others or runs the ball more than others, et cetera. Uh, AJ Klein, just real quick on him. Obviously when they figured out what his role was or how to utilize him, he was phenomenal last year after, after a very slow start. Uh, and after a start where probably they had him doing more coverage and things than they would have, would have liked due to injuries. So it, a lot of talent on the top, but even some real solid depth behind them. Uh, Leslie Frazier a few weeks ago said this was the best, best depth they've had at the position since he's been with the team, and I, I think that's a fair statement to make. Last observation I want to hit before we unfortunately do have to get out of here. We'll be back on Thursday with our final preseason uh, game two uh, podcast. I want to get to Rashad Wild Goose, who, you know, I'll be completely honest with you. I, I've not noticed him a lot of the time. And when I have noticed him, it's usually been for something bad or something that, you know, he wasn't able to uh, stay in coverage long enough, stay in his rep long enough. He got beat. He wasn't physical enough at the catch point. Well, today he was put on an island with Duke Williams. And we talked yesterday about Duke Williams having a really strong practice. Um, and I feel like he's coming back from the hamstring. He's healthy. He's a great practice player. He's such a luxury. Like if you get him on, their, on your practice squad and he can be on your scout team, he gives defensive backs great looks every day in practice. It's, there's no way around it. I think that if they ever win a Super Bowl and, and they do one of those documentaries and they go back and talk about the, the unsung people in the, in the building. I mean, Duke Williams is one of those guys. You need those guys to push you during the week. And so credit to him. One-on-one -on, -one on an island – no safety help. Rashad Wild Goose, the rookie. Welcome to the NFL. Duke Williams, who's caught a game-winning touchdown in the NFL. I mean, he's been there. He's done that. He's been through a lot. Great coverage. Draped all over him throughout the route. Mitchell Trubisky put up a ball. I'd say 25, 30 yards down the field. It's one-on-one. It's one of those plays where Duke's going to fight that out of your hands and take walk it into the end zone. And Rashad Wild Goose stayed with him one-on-one -on -one the whole way. Got his arm in. Ripped the ball out at the catch point. I was really impressed with that play. And you, you hope, if you're a Bills fan, that that's a confidence booster. I still think it's a long shot to the roster for Wild Goose because even if he, you know, really pops, I mean, definitely watch those preseason reps at Gunner if, they, if he gets out there because he's going to have to really um, provide a spark in that role to have a chance. But, you know, it's good at least that you maybe you can build off that if you're Wild Goose. Yeah, it's a good moment for him. It's something he absolutely has to build off of, though, with two preseason games remaining. Um, you know, he had some struggles throughout camp and, and uh, in that game against Detroit. I think cornerback is a sneaky need for this team in terms of their depth because 
Uh, I wasn't, I didn't come away very impressed with a lot of the, the younger cornerbacks in, in that game. So there needs to be some bounce back performances here or else that's going to be a position that the bills might have to target following roster cutdowns, maybe make a trade with some, uh, with another team. We're starting to see some trades take place. Former second round pick Greg Little gets sent to Miami today for a seventh round pick. So, you know, trades are certainly an option, although Brandon Bean usually likes to be on the receiving end of the draft pick side of it. Um, he needs players like Wild Goose, like Saran Neal. Saran Neal, a great special teams player, but really struggled in coverage in that first preseason game. Yeah, I know he's been around a few more years, obviously, than Wild Goose, but he needs some of those other guys to step up behind your your top three, top four players because th- there are some question marks there. And when it comes to Wild Goose, when it comes to uh, a lot of rookies from this draft class that were added on day three, those spots are not locked up for them. They're not going to be handed a roster spot. This team is too talented, they're too deep, and they have expectations to get to the Super Bowl this year. So uh, unlike previous years with this regime, a lot of those day three rookies are not going to uh, be handed a spot. And I think a lot of them are going to be on the outside looking in when things are all said and done. And and, uh, the Bills likely would try to add them to the practice squad, but anything can happen in terms of getting claimed elsewhere. couple last-minute notes here. Uh, Cam Lewis unbelievable rep in one-on-ones DB versus wide receiver. I would say 96% of the time go to the receiver. I mean, they, you know, you're in wide open space. The receiver usually is an elite route runner uh, or at least even a, 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 an average route runner in the NFL usually could probably give a DB some trouble in those kinds of situations. Cam Lewis versus um, Brandon Powell. And he was on him the entire route, jumped it at the final second, had an interception, that was a really nice play. Jaquan Johnson was in street clothes today. Uh, no update on his injury. We'll continue to track that as we move towards the preseason game. I didn't see Trayvon Hester out there either. Uh, but again, we haven't gotten an injury report today. Diggs still out. Hodgins still out. Wade still out. Um, Forrest Lamb still out. And Tommy Sweeney. Sweeney still out. Yep. So I didn't see any of them out there today. And then uh, Mitch Moore's situation today, he was kind of down on the sidelines. He was, he looked like he was kind of, I don't know if they were working on his leg or if he was cramping or we don't really know. He was getting attended to for 45 seconds to a minute, stood up, seemed all right, had his helmet off, but he was talking to guys. He didn't seem anything and he stayed out there for the rest of the practice. So who knows? No injury report. So we'll track that and see if he's out there tomorrow uh, on, on Thursday. Um, and there was one, oh, Lance Lenore, another big day for Lance, the poor guy. Could have picked any other wide receiver room in the NFL and probably would be making a serious run at a roster spot. But if they can get Lenore on their practice squad, he's a really nice player. I like him a lot. Uh, had another big day today. Three catches on the final drive, split in time between Davis Webb and Jake Trump. Yeah, you know, Lance Lenore, even though you're right, he probably picked the worst situation to make a 53-man roster. Uh, word might get out there in terms of how strong his camp was with Buffalo. So a, a team that is thin at wide receiver might end up picking him up, and he might get some actual playing time elsewhere this year. Uh, but you're right. If Buffalo could, they would obviously love to have him be one of those veterans on their practice squad. Uh, just an under-the-radar guy that I think a lot of people thought was just a camp body, and he's really performed day in, day out for this team. Former Dallas Cowboy really making his mark here in Buffalo. Awesome stuff today, Ryan Tab. But we will be back on Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your week. We're another football game this week, which is never a bad thing. And then we will have 
uh, what we got like two or three weeks till the regular season opener. Man, I cannot wait. Uh, Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables. Produced and picked this morning can be on your table tonight. Have a great evening. We'll see you real soon. Take care, everybody.